Welcome to Bunta Vista Socialist Club, uh, episode 32. I'm Andrew. Uh, hello. Hi. I'm here with my good friend, Ben. Hello. How are you, Ben? I'm, I'm very, very well, thank you. I, do you normally take the time to say hello? I just feel like that was a slightly different rhythm, and it felt like you were buying time to decide who you were going to put at the top of the list. No, that's not the case. That's not what's happened here. Uh, number one, I'm unconsciously trying to break from my normal rhythm after being mercilessly roasted by Lucy on one of the bonus episodes that you can find on Patreon. Lucy. Uh, Lucy did an impression of me opening an episode, and I got to say, uh, it hit all the right notes. It's pretty spot on. A little too spot on. Uh, and also, you know, why, why shouldn't we stop and take the time to just say, Say hello to the good people out there. I want to make it very clear that when I say hello on the podcast, I'm saying hello to you alone. I'm not saying hello to the listeners. I'm not saying hello to Theo. Yep. I don't want that to be ambiguous. Uh, all right. We got that on the record. Uh, that you're here and you're saying hi specifically to me. Yes. Good. Good. Well... It's good that you're here because I also have a totally separate person that you have not said hi to yet, uh, and that is calling all the way in from the mysterious land of Japan. It's it's Theo. Uh, buongiorno. How is Japan? That's it's wonderful. Um, I would say uh, it's a land of contrasts. Okay, we talked about this <laughs> mere moments ago. But the exact thing you said was that it was not, that it was the opposite of a land of contrasts. Um, no. Mystery deepens. Uh, it's, it's good. Um, I'm uh, doing some, some boomer cosplay by uh, skiing, uh, which rules. Um, huh. Skiing combines a bunch of my favorite things, uh, which is, uh, one, a very specific fear of heights, Uh Two, mm-hmm. a more generalized fear of careening out of control and dying instantly. And three, uh, spending thousands of dollars. So uh, <laughs> Just that's, my, that's my type five on, uh, on skiing. Uh, Is that a very specific fear of heights? The fear of being the height that your eyeballs are from the ground and you're just constantly scared? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's quite specific and it's also how I picture you. <laughs> I'm just imagining a, a really nervous Theo on a chairlift. Oh my you know? god! No, I'm over chair. I'm good on chairlifts now, but uh, <laughs> the first like worked through the chairlift. first five I took, um, every little bump, I would audibly go, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I had to ask Caitlin to stop putting the uh, putting the, the safety bar up before we'd gone over the little net that would catch you if you fell out of the chair. <laughs> Oh, what a, night- this is all... what a nightmare. It sounds like you're having a great holiday. I'm just very uh, impressed that you're skiing. That seems wildly out of character for you. Thank you, Ben. That's extremely mm. condescending. Well, no. I know yeah. what your interests are. And, like, this is a sport designed to make rich people break their legs as a revenge <laughs> by peasants. And you hate having your legs broken. I absolutely uh, despise uh, Sonny Bonoing myself. <laughs> so, I mean, it might just be me, but you know, if I was go skiing, uh, the entire time I would just picture uh, my feet being stuck in those little booties and the skis going every which way and twisting my ankles around. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'd hate for you to be picturing that the whole time. That sounds very stressful. Mm. Extremely stressful. I'm just uh, Homer Simpsoning, Homer Simpsoning my groin. Homer Scissoring. <laughs> Do not Google Homer Scissoring. <laughs> I'm doing it. Go on. Treat, treat yourself. Google it. Look, it sounds like you're having a great time. Uh, how's how's like their internet? Have they got decent internet? Have they got all the good the good Japanese internet? The, yeah, yeah. They've got they've got the the mainline Japanese internet here. Yeah. Um, I'm on. Uh, He's dropped out after bragging about the internet. <laughs> he has dropped out. I choose to believe Japan's on the bloody uh, 
They're bloody these guys are bloody on the uh, the uh, bloody NBN. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's let's just wait a minute because I can cut this whole chunk out of here. To do that. Oh, I've um, I've been working on some stand up lately. If you want me to. Oh. I can. Yes. I can fill in the silence for you. If you got a little something, if you got a bit of, bit of heat, you got a bit of a curveball, you can throw my way, yeah. really, really tickle my funny bone. Well, I've got a skewed eye for society. Um, you know, I, I look at it from a, a different sort of lens, and I think I can show that to you in a darkly comic way. Oh, would you say you look at like everyday things and occurrences, and you know, note some observations about them? Uh, well, I'd say that, but I'd also say that I take ordinary life and I turn it upside down. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, hit me. I'm ready. I'm buckled in. Okay. I'm braced for this. I uh, like. I've done my shoelaces up extra tight. I'm ready to go. I'm ready for whatever you got. My hand is on my wallet. All right. You're I'm ready to. You ready? <laughs> you ready for this? Yeah. Uh, okay. So you know. Um, all right. So like, you, we need to to eat. To live right yeah and then uh we also have to we have to work so that we can live like jobs but you can't eat money that's it's mostly true <laughs> what about it? oh i'm sorry except for uh connor he does eat money end of the show Friend of the show, Connor Golden, who you can find on one of our earlier episodes. Throw back to um, episode four or five, I believe. Maybe it is. Maybe it uh, is. Uh, four or five. And and he revealed to us uh, a longstanding system of betting he had with his friends in which the loser has to eat some coins. Uh, and then we got Connor to try and estimate exactly what quantity of money he's eaten over the years. Uh, so check that one out. Yeah, I guess that sort of invalidates my argument now. Thinking about it, uh, you can eat money. Hmm. All right. Well, you better get back to working on that tight five. And now we're going to stop recording and refresh this fucking thing for Theo. Sounds good. Uh, yes, Theo. Your your audio cut out. Uh, and you dropped out of the call at the exact moment that you were bragging to us about the speed that you were getting on Japanese internet. That was correct. That's great comedy. It was good. It was good. I'll tell you what was even better comedy is uh, you missed out on being treated to uh, Ben's current edit of his of his tight five of, of dark, twisted, observational stand-up comedy. It was a little unconventional and it pulled no punches. Oh, I hate pulling punches. You missed out. You're going to... You're going to have to listen back to the show. Um, I, like, obviously it was really funny, but I actually found myself unable to laugh on account of how how deeply the truths contained in the comedy were shocking me to my core. That happens. Often I don't get any laughter. <laughs> Gentlemen, let us move on from uh, Theo's trip to the perverted land of Japan, which we are going to return to, actually. We've got a lot of questions uh, specifically about Theo's trip to Japan. So we will be coming back to that. Uh, but for now, I wanted to have a chat about uh, a thing that happened here in Australia in the last week or so, which was uh, tennis player Tennis Sandgren from Tennessee. Really? Wait, wait, wait. Hold on a second. <sighs> yeah. Are you telling me that there is a tennis player from Tennessee and his name is... It's tennis. His name is, in fact. Wait a second. And the sport that he plays? Uh, it sounds very similar to his name. His name is spelled slightly differently, but the sport he plays is actually known as tennis. And just hit me with that name again. The tennis. Well, hot damn. Can you beat that? 2018, guys. This is the world we live in. Shit is wild. It's out of control. It's happening constantly. Do you think that was a uh, nominative determinism? He was, he was just always going to be a tennis player. It's very possible. But if you think his name is amazing, if his if his name is blowing your socks off, just wait till you get a load 
of how racist this guy is. Incredible segue. I don't want to break your flow, uh, but yeah, just an amazing segue. It was truly phenomenal. <laughs> Thank you. Smooth as butter. Smooth as butter. Yeah, man. Uh, so, you know, he stirred up a bit of a controversy uh, on account of the fact that his, um, his social media presence has a decidedly alt-righty flavor, um, which isn't for everyone, luckily. So, uh, it all started out with um, him doing a lot of posting online, and we all know what kind of dangers can come from being too online and too much posting. Mm -mm. Let me read to you a section of this article uh, from ABC News, if I may. The Australian ABC, obviously. Their ABC, am I right? No, I think it's our ABC. When they say their ABC, they mean us. (laughs) abc news before the australian open not many in australia would have heard about the aptly named american tennis player tennis sangren hey they noticed too ben hey wait a second run that back now that the underdog has reached an unprecedented spot in the australian open quarterfinals beating austrian eighth seed dominic thiem to get there Sandgren is experiencing far more spotlight on his career as well as his social media activity. Several of his tweets have now raised questions over his political views after he argued over the Pizzagate conspiracy and mused over former US presidential candidate Hillary Clinton and her supposed involvement in alleged satanic rituals. Very normal posts so far. Mm -hmm. Uh, He also recently retweeted white nationalist Nicholas Fuentes, who went along to the Charlottesville rally in 2017 and follows a host of right-wing figures on Twitter. In a now-deleted tweet dated November 22, 2017, Sanger described the Pizzagate conspiracy theory as, quote, sickening, and the collective evidence is too much to ignore. He's got a point. Asked by a reporter if there was a pattern to his tweets, Sanger said he was not concerned about being connected to controversial figures on social media. Quote, who you follow on Twitter, I feel like doesn't matter even a little bit. It kind of does. I think we can all agree it kind of does. Well, I mean, so that was his defense, right? Was in his initial defense and his subsequent defense, he was like, well, you know, I just followed some people, whatever. And which, it's fine. For the, for the direct quote, for the direct quote, he says, uh, what information you see doesn't dictate what you think or believe. And I think it's crazy to assume that. To say, well, he's following X person, so he believes all the things that this person believes, I think that's ridiculous. That's not how information works, he says. Well, I think uh, that is absolutely how people start to believe uh, all kinds of ridiculous bullshit, but go on. Yeah. Um, yeah, it seems it seems very weird to me to be like, sure, I retweet a whole bunch of Nazi dudes on the regular. doesn't mean anything. Which, I mean, it's to me, it's kind of fair enough. Like, that's, you're like, oh, okay, well, it's nothing conclusive. Yeah. But it ignores the fact that he did, like, two months ago, tweet that he thought Pizzagate is real. <laughs> yeah, uh, here's, here's another example for you. Um, Sangren has also argued with former US player James Blake, an African-American, about racism in the United States, tweeting, quote, I just don't know how a country that practices systemic racism elected a black president twice. And that, But there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that sentence. He doesn't know how a country that practices systemic racism elected a black president. That's that's an entirely true sentence. (laughs) (laughs) Now, yeah, he like and he had a he had a host of other colourful tweets about like uh, homophobic stuff about how he stumbled into a gay bar in Sydney and um, and no one should have to see that kind of stuff. And um, when somebody said to him, oh, yeah, accidentally stumbled in, his reply was, what can I say? The trannies were calling me. Mm. Which... Mm. Yeah. Cool. I, don't, I don't know that they were. But... Mm. Uh, so, you know, he's got a whole bunch of stuff like that. And as we all do, when we are completely innocent of any kind of wrongdoing, uh, he has deleted every tweet going back until 2013. Which is, I believe, the Bernardi defense. He has now done that multiple times. He, he loves a squeaky clean TL. 
Mm. Yeah, yeah, you got to you have to curate uh, what people see. I think um, it's a it's like a little little garden that you make for yourself, and you just trim around the racism. <laughs> <laughs> just, you just just prune a little of the homophobia. Yep, and then you just you sweep up all the cuttings, and you're good. Yep. Uh, so this brings me to the actual question. I was going to ask you guys, um, which comes from the mouth of dear, dear friend of the show, Daisy Cousins. Uh, Daisy Cousins, as I'm sure anybody who uh, follows her on Twitter would know, is a big time tennis head. And I don't mean tennis, the tennis player. I mean (laughs) tennis, the sport. Hey, wait a second. Thank you for Yeah, I I know they sound similar, Ben. I just don't. Spellings are slightly different. (laughs) I don't quite. I'm hearing double here. Four tennises. <laughs> yeah, but like when I'm talking about the guy, like when I say, when I'm talking about him and I say, te- when I say tennis, can't you really hear the Y, the letter Y in that word when I say it like that? Well, what I'm asking is why is this guy called tennis when he's a tennis player? <laughs> <sighs> so, some guy called Ricky Dimon. Uh, on Twitter, has posted, I hate Sangren's politics as much as everyone else, but Bouchard saying that he has, quote, ties to the alt-right just because he follows some people on Twitter and liked a few tweets is just pathetic. He's a Republican. He doesn't have ties to the alt-right. And this prompted a reply from a friend of the show, Daisy Cousins, who you may remember from our um, episode about the Red Pill documentary that she was spruiking to to lukewarm reception. Uh, but she fucking loves some tennis. Uh, and she replies, Ricky, you know I love you. Hang on, hang on. Wait, wait, which one? The sport or the player? <laughs> wait, there's a guy called tennis? <laughs> she replies, Ricky, you know I love you. I did not know that, Daisy. But Ricky, you know I love you. But why did Tennis Sangren's politics have anything to do with the Australian Open? He's a tennis player, not a politician or a journalist. Also, why are you assuming everyone hates his politics? Hashtag Australian Open. I like that she got the hashtag in there. Yeah, she's got that on the Australian Open feed. Uh, making sure that the uh, conversation around politics and sports that she doesn't want to have uh, is tagged directly into the sports hashtag. I think it's hashtag. just great that people are looking at the hashtag so they can get score updates. We'll just see complete nonsense from a dipshit. Oh, you've been <laughs> tweeting in there, have you? <laughs> Wait, you're telling me the guy's name is Tennis? <laughs> I, I think she's actually um, I think she's actually done a crafty gambit here, which is by hashtagging it, Australia and Open and getting it pulled into the results for the hashtag Australian Open, she is proving to Ricky that it's actually about tennis. It's not about his politics. Wait, are you talking about... (laughs) Don't. Don't do it. Don't do it. So, fellas, fellas, this leads me to my question, which is uh, how do you feel about that kind of shit? Let's Let's say you're a tennis player. And you got some stinky views like this guy. Uh, what do you think? Are we all supposed to go, oh, can't believe this guy's name is Tennis? <laughs> well, yes. I think... Obviously, obviously that's everyone's first reaction. But yes, we, you get my point. You know, people like to be like, the, oh, well, people's opinions are irrelevant to it about pretty much everything because... People are, are very dumb and they think that opinions don't have effects in the real world. You know, have like some guy who's, I mean, not really a celeb, but theoretically could be a celeb being like, Pizzagate is real. You know what people did because they thought Pizzagate was real? That fucking guy took an AR-15 into Comet Ping Pong and fired a couple of shots into the roof. You see, see that guy that got uh, arrested in the States recently because he had been, like, by the FBI because uh, he'd been contacting, like, um, NBC and saying, no, sorry, CNN, yeah. and, so, and saying, I'm going to come there and kill everyone in the office because you are fake news. Mm. You're fake news and you're lying to everyone and I'm going to gun down every fucking one of you. Uh, and so the FBI paid a little trip to his house. 
But um, yeah, it was it was pretty it was pretty easy to draw a line between what that guy was doing and what a certain uh, very powerful person with a very amplified voice is constantly blaring out. Are we still talking about Tennis Sandgren? Yeah, man, dude's got mad social media presence. Except for some reason, he deleted a bunch of posts. Yeah, like uh, see, I I think like there's several angles you can take. Um, but one to me is that the reality of this guy's life is that he is making his living from competing in like private tennis tournaments, privately funded tennis tournaments, which are funded by uh, sponsorship from public companies, which are all going, uh, <laughs> if you do it, if you do it, the yeah, like kind I of mean- Nazi stuff, I think we will, maybe we won't do sponsorship with you or whatever, or this guy gets asked questions about it and becomes super uncomfortable. Yeah. I think it's the, like the sponsorships are usually, I think the first to kind of go, cause they don't want to court any kind of controversy with him going up being like, you know, here at Subway, I like to eat fresh, but you know, what's not eating fresh is, uh, the conspiracy at Sandy Hook. Mm. Uh, you know, like, and and I think that's like completely fair that they just get dumped. Like, if they can dump, you know, Tiger Woods for being the horn dog, big old horn dog, it's a yeah. massive horn dog, man, just just howling at the moon. Uh, you know, they should absolutely not sponsor this guy for for this kind of shit. And I think the reality and the nature of like sponsorship, um is basically that you're a public figure. And if you can't be a public figure that doesn't go around saying uh, uh, horrible garbage, conspiracy, uh, dipshit thoughts, uh, then you shouldn't get uh, millions and millions of dollars for wearing a shirt. Well, literally the only reason people will sponsor you is if you are the public face of something. <laughs> like, But yeah, like uh, to my knowledge, he hasn't actually had sponsorship pulled or anything yet. But um, he did get very testy when getting asked about it um, in some of the conferences. was very kind of like, this is supposed to be about tennis. What do my personal views have to do with this? But it's always weird when people try and make out like, you know, your political views are somehow completely compartmentalized and separate from you as a person. Yeah, absolutely. It is very strange. But... um. But yeah, so I can't like I I personally I'm not going to lose any sleep over tennis. Um, but which tennis? I hear you ask, Ben. I didn't say anything. Well, let me tell you, I'm talking about the tennis that then came out of the press conference and made this super fucking emo speech. It's so good. Are you guys ready for it? Yes. Here is here is tennis's statement about his social media accounts. You seek to put people in these little boxes so that you can order the world in your already assumed preconceived ideas. You strip away any, any individuality for the sake of demonizing by way of the collective. With a handful of follows and some likes on Twitter, my fate has been sealed in your minds. To write an edgy story, to create sensationalist coverage, there are a few lengths you wouldn't go to to mark me as the man you desperately want me to be. You would rather perpetuate propaganda machines instead of researching information from a host of angles and perspectives while being willing to learn, change, and grow. You dehumanize with pen and paper and turn neighbor against neighbor. In so doing, you may actually find you're hastening the hell you wish to avoid, the hell we all wish to avoid. It is my firm belief that the highest value must be placed on the virtue of each individual, regardless of gender, race, religion, or sexual orientation. It's my job to continue on this journey with the goal of becoming the best me I can and to embody the love Christ has for me, for I answer to him and him alone. I'll take questions about the match if you guys don't mind. Thank you. Tennis. Tenno. He really didn't mention the Pizzagate thing at all again. It just doesn't feel like... It just seems he's conveniently ignoring that part. Yeah, he goes to... um, with With a handful of likes and follows, my fate has been sealed, as opposed to like retweeting prominent white nationalists and white supremacists and uh, 
I, I really, I really like how it very much tipped off into like the sort of um, racist libertarian kind of language towards the end there. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, this is like it's absolutely no surprise that like an alt right dude would write a quote unquote like apology or whatever the fuck this is supposed to be uh, that sounds like it, something that Chuck Bahulnik would cut for being like too much. <laughs> it. It strikes like- it strikes me as like um, it's like a uh, like like a, a petulant request to be instated like reinstated after being banned from a subreddit. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy, this this guy's absolutely uh, been uh, take had his admin status taken off him. Yeah, he's just like uh, you all think you know the man that I am. <laughs> It's it's ridiculous language, and like I said, it, if you watch if you watch the uh, accompanying video that goes with it, uh, it keeps looking up, uh, and it just it really reads to me as like uh, this sounded a lot cooler when I was typing it at home, as he reads the whole thing off his phone, you know. Crikey, did a uh, a really good piece immediately after it that was a uh, it was like a quiz that was like. Uh, my chemical romance lyric or quote from this speech. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's, um, it had all the air of that stuff and it was very funny to me. And like you said, Ben, it, uh, it just didn't address uh, any of that stuff. I think he has gone on to make a, a more significant apology. I think that this was intended to be like a defiant statement that would shut everybody up about it. And so it just made people go, ah, uh, it sounds like you did all that stuff. Mm. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I I don't like that um, the Australian government under, I think it was under Tony Abbott, when they, like, included uh, stuff in the, in the public service code of conduct saying, like, you can't say anything negative about the government on any social media account under any guise. Um, or, or like be subject to discipline and made to take it down and stuff. And like that, that I can absolutely have someone arguing that as far as like, you know, attempting to police individual thought and all that sort of shit. But stuff like extremely high level pro athlete stuff, like that shit is, is rarefied air. It's a very rare club to get into and people do it with tremendous amounts of like effort and dedication and financial support and all that sort of shit yeah people people are going to find an unsavory personality who thinks that Pizzagate is real which more than anything makes you fucking dumb mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I think we could all get on board with that one like it's it's if you stop to really think about it, it's very uh, horrible and gross but just the surface level of like <laughs> Child, child slavery run out of the the ping pong. What's what's the name of the place? Comet Comet Ping Pong yeah, Pizza. Comet ping pong. Yeah. Comet ping Pong. Every time I read it, I go, "Really? Anybody read this and went? That sounds plausible." It's my favorite detail of that. Uh, the guy with the gun that went in there uh, was that he went in there because he was going to free kids that were in the basement, and then just quickly realized that the building didn't have one. Yeah, like that's <laughs> that's pretty much the whole theory cut out right there, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Really takes the knees out from it. There's not there's not anywhere to go from there. Like I imagine most pizza restaurants do not have attics. <laughs> not traditionally. No, like as a normal as a normal thing, a lot of uh, Washington C- Washington D.C. pizza restaurants do not have large dusty attics. Hey, folks, we have another important occurrence in the news to talk about, uh, and that is the dear friend of the show and convicted racist Andrew Bold uh, fell out of a tree onto his head. You sure did. Really took a tumble. It's quite significant, really, wasn't it? Like, he, um, he was pruning a tree uh, up, a, up a ladder, like all good uh, precariously positioned boomers, uh, took a mad spill. Uh, my record of when I read the article is that it was a, a three and a half meter fall. Ooh. Ooh. Damn. 
It's certainly not a small height. No. Uh, whatever he did to his wrist, they needed to surgically repin it. It's not great. No, he had to take a break from blogging, so they pushed back his uh, recommencement date after the holiday period because they need his wrist to heal properly, and apparently typing would be too strenuous. Well, especially when you consider um, that his blog is mostly made up of like one one paragraph of his thoughts about somebody else's comment on one of his articles, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could absolutely be achieved with him just like yelling at someone in the next room. Yeah, he could. Let's be honest. He could peck out that one paragraph with one hand. Oh, very easy. He could even just do a a speech to text type deal and then just use a, a single hand to fix the typos. Siri, start new racist blog. What a, what a terrible shame that this injury has deprived us of any kind of take on Australia Day from Andrew Bolt. I can imagine we could have anticipated what it was. <laughs> and I feel like we all got on fine without it, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we do have a question about that, actually, from the, from the mailbag. Uh, do we want to dip in to the mailbag, or would you, would you like to talk about this last item, Theo, before we mosey on? Oh, well, I mean, the last item's pretty quick because I don't really, I haven't really done uh, any research or uh, looked at it for more than 20 seconds um, uh, or done any work towards uh, preparing Mm -hmm. for this podcast. Um, Too busy uh, skiing it up. Um, uh, No, but something I saw that I thought was very, very funny, um, where uh, um, exercise moguls, uh, Strava, um, have released... um, all of their anonymized heat map data. So when you uh, when you record, you know, you run, uh, it, you know, has all the GPS coordinates, um, tracking where, where you've been, and they've uh, uh, aggregated all of it um, and released it anonymously. Uh, and very hilariously, um, it has uh, they they've done uh, what seems like not even the the first uh, even little bit of uh, research as to uh, hey is this a good idea um, because it has just uh, revealed a whole bunch of um, uh, military bases uh, patrols um, I, I saw and I don't know how seriously to take this um, possibly CIA black <laughs> sites um, they all have a very uh, very specific signature of um, many men running the same route uh, many days at a time uh, at exactly the same times. Uh, so uh, very, very funny. People are still uh, digging through uh, all of the, all of the details um, uh, on, on Twitter. Uh, so, um, but I'm sure that I'm sure to get coverage elsewhere as well. Um, so uh, yeah. good job, Strava. Yeah. It's a nice app. I like it. I have not posted on it. In a long time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The last time I was on Strava, uh, I had to stop it because I concussed myself Excellent. on the concrete. Uh, so, totally memory that was. was not Strava's fault. Five-star five review for Strava <laughs> from the crew here. So all of uh, this happening was contingent on a dickload of active duty soldiers and what have you. Yeah, this is absolutely. This is definitely. And they all uploaded their own GPS data to to an app. While they're in like so forward uh, operating bases, in like active war zones. Yes. Good lord. Which which means that our uh, operational security must be uh, very good, uh, and and not. Uh, extremely bad in a way that would cause people to wear uh, tracking devices uh, to a uh, private company uh, on their arms at all times. Like, I just, I'm not a military man. I think we can all agree. I just feel like if I was, hmm. not even a <laughs> I may not be man. a genius or even barely functional. I just feel like if I saw... If I was uh, some military man, c- commander of some sort, and I was like, hey, are you wearing a Fitbit? The guy was like, yes. I'd be like, don't do that. 
Hey, can we just uh, backtrack a bit for a second? If you're so you're a military commander kind of guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You you wearing the uniform? I am. Okay. It's nice. Okay. It looks it looks really good on you. Uh, do you have a clean shave because you're in the military? I believe I would have to. Yes. Okay. Not not as hot on that as the uniform, but it's all right. Uh, and, how, and what length is your hair in this imagining? I believe it would have to be close cropped. All right. No, it works. It works for you. It's good. <laughs> okay. So anyway. Is that the end of that line of questioning? Yep. I got, <laughs> I got everything I need. I got everything I need. Uh, so coming back to Australia Day for a second, folks. We got a question. Uh, we got a question in a big old, big old sack of mail. Uh, me and Ben can see it, but we are skyping Theo in to the bag of mail. Uh, we've skyped him in on an iPad. We've thrown the iPad into the sack. He's just writhing around in there. All that physical mail. Uh, so we have a question which we are taking out of the actual bag with the mail in it. A uh, question from a friend of the show, Eric Stacy. Uh, who says, now that Australia Day 2018 is over, do you think anyone will keep trying to change it or will the issue be forgotten until January next year? Uh, was it 90 or 95% an issue used by pollies to grandstand and bluster and they don't actually care? Uh, to that I say, uh, pretty much. Uh, it was a r- very big deal right up until the point and I, I've heard absolutely nothing about it immediately after the, the event. So it seems like he's right. What are your takes, fellas? Um, I think the people that actually have a vested interest in it, namely people that want to change it, are going to keep talking about it, but no one is going to cover it because mm. it's now that Australia Day is out of the, the news cycle, it's not really relevant. Uh, That's probably a, a very relevant distinction <laughs> the the pollies that are on the against side of the fence their position only exists as a reaction to the other position being in the news so if that doesn't happen they have literally no reason to talk about it because it doesn't affect them in the slightest so uh yeah we're probably not going to hear anything there'll be a few things here and there uh there'll probably still be some more fallout from uh, the Victorian opposition uh, coming out and saying that if they if elected, they will sack any local councils that refuse to do uh, Australia Day ceremonies. Yeah, it was it was basically just like we will fire you if you don't actively celebrate Australia Day. Yeah, which is the most insanely fascist sounding thing I can imagine. Yeah, uh, but still goes over very well with the freedom crowd. Uh, for some reason, I cannot fathom uh yeah well what what doesn't say freedom about uh mandated flag waving day and uh, and correct me if i'm wrong on this but we elect councils right like councillors councils yes i'm saying that with a question mark at the end yes I'm, i'm relatively certain we do so it's not like they're sacking you know civil servants for not espousing the views of the state or whatever they want to overrule democratically elected positions for not espousing specific views, uh, which well, is fucking insane. For espousing um, insufficiently patriotic views. Yes. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's ridiculous. Um, I, I wonder how much we'll hear, how much more we'll hear from the Greens about it because I got to say, like, like pl- plenty, plenty of power to the people who do want to change it, and we should, or get rid of it altogether. Um, squeeze another public holiday in there somewhere. That's fine. Everybody, everybody's fine with that. Um, but yeah, like the the Greens, it kind of felt to me. Maybe I'm wrong. Kind of felt to me like off the back of the success with marriage equality, uh, they said, "Hot damn, we got a we got a hot ticket on this particular ID politics issue. Let's lean really hard into the next one." And they said, uh, "We're going to organize a major campaign about changing the date and stuff." And like, it's not that I don't think it's important. 
or that people should be talking about it or anything. It was just weird for me to sort of see the Greens and the media going, we're making a big point out of the fact that this is the number one issue that we're talking about at the moment. And it kind of made me go, should it? Should it be? Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Uh, This is something that, I mean, obviously individual Greens members have always had opinions on this and I'm not sure how strongly the whole party, you know, has been unified for this. But uh, again, I think that might also just be a perception from the media because, you know, a lot of the outlets were basically reporting about the Change the Date campaign as if it was the Greens' idea, which, you know, it never has been. And obviously because it's been going on for a long time. And I think they were maybe just blowing out of proportion the fact that they are, you know, individually nominating support for it. They took part in the rallies, which is all great. Uh, But I think it's very easy for conservative media to put this as a Greens boogeyman instead of like a, a vague, you know, dissent, if that makes sense. Yeah, I can't. I'm trying to remember where I read it so that I know whether to scorn the source. But um, but yeah, the thing that I read was was along the lines of like Greens announce a major campaign on this thing, as opposed to just like the the crazy Greens are up in arms. Yeah, um, it was them sort of announcing an intent an intent to focus on it, and it just kind of made me go, yeah, okay, I guess. I don't know. I, I I have all of my own conflicting views about it, which are that like, um, yeah. I I think I think as an issue that it's going to wind up playing out very similarly to the way marriage equality did in Australia, which is through complete division and inaction by people in political leadership, uh, as the appetite to change it just gets bigger and bigger in the community to a point at which the appetite becomes uh, effectively unstoppable to the politicians who just let it roll over them like a wave, like they did with marriage equality. Mm. Uh, And then afterwards say, isn't it nice that we did that for you? Uh, It feels feels like that's how it'll play out. Like it's just a gradual thing of the country all getting on board with it. And then they'll go, of course, we should have done this ages ago yeah up for a non-binding plebiscite <laughs> direct democracy in action baby love it, love it. you know they should just do that with an app uh you should you should uh so if you want to vote yes uh send 0.01 bitcoin to <laughs> the following address uh, i've been enjoying those stories about like um about like coin coin startups where just they they just raised like three million dollars they're just going bye yeah 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 the one the one that um the the altcoin that just exit scammed and changed their whole homepage to the word penis <laughs> without a style sheet might so, it was so good so good uh the only thing that stops it from being just like way funnier is that now the real people have heard of bitcoin uh you know real people are going to lose money mm. in their lives, whereas before it was just nerds scamming nerds. Mm. Uh, it's still funny when nerds scam nerds, though. It's it's scams from top to bottom. Um, um, I, I had a, a buddy of mine I was hanging out with the other night. Uh, shout out, friend of the show, Mark, who has told me that he will never listen to this, so I can roast him on here. That's fine. Um, Mark was telling me about how Bitcoin is legit. Um, and the next two stories that I read in the news about Bitcoin after that were that one about $3 million just getting <laughs> exit scammed by these guys who left the cryptic message of penis. Lowercase, completely unstyled, no full stop. Absolute power move. Uh, mm-hmm. And the other story was about um, an exchange in uh, Japan having to just like they suddenly froze trading and then I think within like 12 hours they had come out and announced to all their customers that they had kind of lost $58 million because some hackers just went, that's in our account now. 
and uh, and they didn't notice it until it was like a. And the funny thing is, that I don't even know which one you're talking about <laughs> now, because that could be um, that could be Mount Gox uh, or a new it is, one. It is a new um, one. It so, is a new one. They referred to it. Uh, so they referred good. to it in the contextual frame of how many years it had been since Gox. So, fuck, that's so yep. funny. And, um, no, zero Bitcoin uh, exchanges being uh, totally demolished uh, since yep. today. Uh, starting from now, <laughs> Bitcoin is safe. Starting out. Uh, so, so what are you, what are your thoughts on uh, Australia Day, Theo? Do you do you think it is mostly oh, yeah. political football? It's it is well. I mean, it is mostly, but it's also but it's also important. It's like it's the the discussion is going to be more like the discussion is going to be around the discussion. It's not going to be around the actual things that we do. And and it is like like you said, it's unfortunate that the Greens kind of will be scapegoated by conservative media for, for pushing it so hard as a greens point when, you know, really, you know, it's a, it's an issue for, for native people. Um, and it's like, you know, you can compare it to, uh, Melbourne cup day where you go, well, this is fucked. You know, horses are killed for our entertainment. You know, this sucks. And everyone's just like, well, well, funny you come out and start saying this now on the only day of the <laughs> year that you care about this. Like, no, we care about this all all the time. It's just no one listens. No no one gives a shit. Yeah, so it becomes it's relevant, and then the discussion comes around the fact that that this is this is what we're talking about, and it's like, well, like you never get to talk about the issues in any depth. Uh, you know, the the it, it just goes it goes on and on. But um, I don't think it's going away. I think I think next year, you know, there will be even more of a ramp up to it. Um. I I think it has some some momentum and it will take a couple of years to stabilize uh, in whatever form that takes. I, I should also note I was um I was at a rally on uh, not Australia Day, I guess, uh, and there was a there was a Greens politician uh, doing a speech as we arrived, and uh, he he dropped in like. And this shitty Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull doesn't know what he's talking about and he needs to listen and do this. Uh, and then he handed off the mic to an Indigenous activist who promptly said, uh, if it was up to me, you wouldn't get to be up here today holding this microphone because today, should, cause today shouldn't be about politicians. It should be about Indigenous voices. And everybody went, yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so that was good. That was good. Uh, there is a second part. To Eric's question, uh, he also says, uh, "What are your thoughts on Triple J's hottest 100 results and people attacking the number one song and Triple J for allowing it? Uh, do you think it's woke, too woke, or not woke enough?" Uh, let's clarify, folks, that we're talking about uh, winner of Great Big Democratic, uh, not on Australia any day. It's not Australia Day anymore. Uh, voting competition, Triple J's hottest 100, and the winner was uh, Kendrick Lamar's "Humble." No, oh, good song. I had no idea That's that one. That's a great song. Um, no, uh, I, I heard. Um, all right, so here's the thing. Um, I'm in Japan. Have I mentioned that? No. What? No. Oh, okay, well, in Japan at the moment. Um, not sure. We'll get it, make sure. I've got to say it in a few different sections, so if one gets cut, people know from context. Uh, <laughs> uh, as if we edit these. Um, and I went to – I got coffee in the morning. Uh, and that place was playing uh, Triple J's Hottest 100, uh, and then I got uh, food at a food truck on the side of the road, and that was also playing Triple J's uh, Hottest 100, and I still know uh, no more than, like, two songs on the list. So, <laughs> uh, I, uh, I spent the day with some friends. We were like, hey, we'll, we'll go up to Brisbane's beautiful Mount Glorious, uh, and there's like a few sort of water holes up there that aren't like you. You got to scrabble down some rocks and shit to get to them. They're very hard to get to. They're not signed. They're not. You know, there's no proper trails or anything. We thought, oh, this would be great. Be nice, and isolated. We'll just do our own thing. And for the first time ever for me, going to those water holes, there was a group of other people there. There were ten young people. They had brought a barbecue down with them. They had started a fire and they were playing the hottest 100. <laughs> you cannot get away from it, folks. Wow. Uh, that sounds like an idyllic, beautiful place. Where did you shit? 
Well, I mean, we're only there for a, like four or five hours. <laughs> Keep all your turds to yourself. I see. Um, now, Ben. Ben, it yes. should be noted, uh, you you write for Pedestrian. Yes, and we wrote an article that somewhat fence-sittingly tried, well, no, tried to come from a position where it sounded fence-sitting, but clearly the person that wrote it had already made their mind up that Humble is not woke enough. Which, like, uh, let's... I, I I too read it and was a little little confused by the tone as far as it saying uh yeah it's it's woke because it's got all this uh nice stuff about women, but also it's oh, a lot, so yeah. maybe it's not woke. Um kind of non uh, it was non committal to the extent that it made you go, what, what am I what am I doing here? What am I doing here I with think this it's article? Important to note here that that article is written by uh someone who is not a permanent part of our staff uh, is basically we trained her up ages ago uh, as we were trialing doing like 24 hour news coverage and that didn't really work out. But because we have such a small team now, we, we get people in as contractors every now and then if people have sick days or whatever. So uh, we got her in and I think that's part of where the muddled tone comes from is that, that's sort of the kind of article that we would write, but I don't think she felt she had the authority to write it um, authoritatively, if you know what I mean. Are you saying you guys were going to take Kendrick down? Is that what you're saying? I, I just don't think any else of us probably would have written that article because it's not really a perspective any of us hold. <laughs> It sounds a little bit like I'm trying to throw her under the bus. No, it I'm act- just trying to sort of. It sounds like the opposite. It sounds like you're you're being remarkably um, strong about staying as diplomatic as possible. Um, uh, no, it's just she's a, a super lovely person. It's just the article was kind of uncharacteristic for us as a website. So I've seen people being like, "Oh, it's typical of you guys doing." I'm like, I don't think that that is something that we would have normally done. <laughs> Or, or the alternative being, ah, finally, pedestrian sticks it to a black man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Some of our readers would have loved that. <laughs> what is, hang on. Hang on. Uh, so, 10 seconds. The, um, what is with the people in the comments for pedestrian articles on Facebook who obviously just hate the concept of a pedestrian article? It is utterly baffling. It is like a very large group of people that are just like, hey, I know for a fact you guys don't write articles for people like me and I hate that you've done it again for the 25th time today and I read it. (laughs) How dare you continue to produce content for an audience that I specifically am not a part of. It's so infuriating. And all of them comment on stuff where we're like writing in the first person with political opinions or whatever and they're like, oh, another biased bit of journalism. Like, Okay, well, we're not journalists. And yes, it's an opinion article. Of course, it's fucking biased, you dumbass. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Uh, I yeah, love my job. It, it did seem like that piece got, uh, got a very uh, confused reception. Yes. Yes. Uh, my, own, my own feedback on the piece, and I apologize for roasting the temp. Um, that's absolutely fine but but yes it made me go at any point of this article did you open the internet and say damn lyrics uh, because a, a, a quick reading of the lyrics will tell you that I'm pretty sure for like 90% of the song he's talking to a guy uh, like he's talking he's talking to other rappers you know for mm-hmm. for what I take as almost the entire song. Um, and the article kind of goes, well, he does tell women to sit down like 20 times. It's like, no, uh, no, fatal, fatal misunderstanding of this song. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> anyway, that's our take on the winner of the Hottest 100. Um, I'm assuming probably the one song I know that was in there. Um yeah, I think that's the first time I, in ages I haven't been bitterly disappointed um, and only found out about five minutes ago. So, yeah. well, good. I, uh, Riding high. For the record, I recognized two songs from the countdown this year. Uh, and the other one is uh, that Boys song. 
by Charlie, I want to say XCX. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, catchy song. Catchy tune with a great video. All right, so moving on. <laughs> <laughs> moving on. We'll take a few yeah, more questions. Enough. We'll take a few more questions. Uh, a dear friend of the show, a dear friend of the show and fellow member of Foot Chat, uh, Jezza. Hey, Jezza. Jezza asks, hello. What's the best form of chicken? Tendies, nugs, bone-in, full piece, or other? That's a great question. Hmm. Now, let's get Ben's opinion out of the way first. Because do you, do you eat chicken? Uh, um, <laughs> no. Uh, but so if you, the best form of chicken for you is alive. What? Okay, so look, I saw this question in the sheet and I thought about it. Yeah. Uh, and... Actually, I have a pretty definitive answer on this one. Uh, the best form of chicken is wings because that's the one thing that I fucking crave all the time. Oh. God, I make some good chicken wings, I'll tell you that. I, I don't I don't doubt you. I just, I'm not even, I don't even want to get fancy with them. I just want some like dry breaded fucking wings and I want some blue cheese dipping sauce. Wow. And I'm, I want a kill of them specifically. Mm. Okay, uh, Theo. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, chicken karaje, um, which I've just pronounced perfectly. Let's move on. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm going to open up an international dispute here by saying to Theo that I believe <coughs> the superior chicken uh, to be boneless Korean fried chicken. Uh, spe- specifically with like that, that sweet spicy sauce. Yeah, whereas I'm not going to play the races off of one English, I'm just, so, I'm, you know. Look, are we are we going to get into Korea and Japan's history? Let's try not to. We're all just talking about deep fried chicken. Can I just make that very clear? Just talking about basically, I mean, like karaage chicken's usually like. Well, no, like we we can't we can't make out like he's asking which section of the chicken is the best because he specified things like nuggets, which, as we all know, are like compressed chicken dust. So, well, then I think we're essentially saying the same thing. Some fri- fried section of a chicken's leg, I think, is about where we're at. I think that's fair. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we got, let's, let's give Theo, um, because we're running out of time and we're going to give Theo a rapid fire round of questions about his time in Japan. Are you ready? Uh, see. Friend of the show, dear patron, Robert Kaur asks, does Theo prefer, uh, Georgian or Mongolian Rikishi? I don't understand the question. Next. Uh, well, Rikishi, as we all know, is the Japanese name for a sumo wrestler. I don't know that. Let's. Are we going to move on? You said, as we all know, I'm just. You said rapid fire. Come on. All right. Uh, somebody, somebody has uh, sent us in a question. Someone named Lucy Valentine has asked, "Is Theo's wife real, or is she a ducky Makura?" I don't understand the question. Next. <laughs> I believe the next question is also that thing related. Uh, the next question is also from someone called Lucy Valentine who asks, is Theo in Japan to source a new Daki Makura to replace the old okay, one? I understand more of this question uh, just because yeah. there are more words in this question that aren't the word Daki Makura. Is that a body pillow? Uh, is that what that is? She is, she is in fact referring to a Japanese body pillow. Yeah, nice. Insisting that Theo, Theo's wife might in fact be an inanimate Japanese body pillow, which he has not... Re- he hasn't refuted it. He hasn't refuted it at this point. Are you, are you saying that your wife is real? Uh, see. <laughs> uh, friend of the show, uh, dear sweet patron Tal Waterhouse, asks, how many times has Theo apologized to the great island nation of Japan for gross misconduct? Okay, so uh, when you're going any public place in Japan, uh, it's traditional to uh, just chant... Uh, the word Gemenesai, which I believe counts as an apology. Um, so uh, I don't know how gross my behavior is specifically, but I am apologizing for it uh, constantly. Hmm. That's good. That's good. Uh, we have another question from friend of the show, Cool Bird Picks, uh, who asks, will Theo be real enough uh, to go nude in an onsen? 
What is an onsen? Yeah. Okay, so an onsen is a very specific type of bath where the water uh, comes from geothermal uh, springs under the ground. Um, they've got like high mineral content. Um, you know, they're good. It's good. It's good time. Uh, and to answer your question, uh, yes, I uh, I travelled. Uh, however many thousand kilometers to get here. And uh, on the first day, I took an onsen, uh, and there were three tradies, uh, <laughs> two of which were from Brisbane, one of which was from Melbourne uh, in the onsen. Uh, but yes, I did get I did get nude uh, in a foreign country with other Australian men uh, who I don't know. Hmm. Friend of the show, Kyle Benson asks, uh, can we be absolutely certain that Theo is in Japan and is not in fact arranging a substantial covert arms deal in Pyongyang? Theo's silence on these accusations is deafening. Uh, You can be certain uh, because I am extremely bad at organizing anything. I couldn't organize like one thing on our wedding day. Uh, I still don't know what happened with the cars um, going from place to place. Um, I am very stupid. Uh, So... Uh, you can be confident uh, that I am not organizing uh, anything beyond my next meal. Hmm. That's what a covert arms dealer would say. Is it? What have you got planned for your next meal? They do They do Western breakfast here. I'm going to have some toast. La-di-da. Uh, yeah, toast, toast with jam. Um, Caitlin just piped in with jam, so you, can, you know she's real. Hmm. Yep, just what a real wife would say. Has she been in the room the uh, whole yes. time? <laughs> Have you been forcing your poor, darling, perfect wife listen to you do our no, shitty no, podcast? She put, she put headphones in and watched Party of Five. God bless her. All right. Oh, that's what a what a powerful move. Incredible. Wow, absolutely powerful to um be be witness to part of the creative process and to just stay in, like not break eye contact with it as you put your earbuds in. Just not interested. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just like my friend Mark. Shout out, Mark. Not going to hear it. Yep. He he's expressly said, he's like, I'm not going to anyone's stand up. I don't want to see your band. It's all too much, man. Uh, I'm actually, I'm just going to chime in and say, uh, Nature Corner. I've heard a whole bunch of geckos this evening squeaking over from yeah, a lot of geckos. Ben's from Ben's apartment. Uh, not uh, from not from here uh, because it's too cold and all the animals died. Ugh. This isn't audible on the podcast, but uh, as uh, some might have seen from some of my tweets, uh, there's a uh, two new baby bush turkeys around uh, my apartment at the moment. Well, the, the, the surrounds of my apartment. Uh, and they're adorable as all get out. Well, that's, that's nice. Nature Corner. Yeah, Nature Corner, everybody. Uh, as always, if you want to get your bonus episodes, your extra content, that kind of stuff, please get on over to patreon.com forward slash Ubuntu Vista. Uh, sling us the old uh, five-star review on iTunes if you're into that kind of thing. Uh, somebody did just leave a review. On Facebook, four stars out of five. Could definitely hear that gecko. Yeah, that was a loud one. Uh, four stars out of five. All I can say is, Mickey Quinn, thank you, but do better. Do better. Did you, like? Seems like it's us that needs to do very slightly better. Well, like, what is it? Is he twenty-five percent better? Is he putting his back out, like clicking on the extra star? What's going on? No, no, I'm, I'm saying he's leaving us room for improvement. And we should be thankful, which I am thankful. My goodness. So thank you, Mickey, hmm. or whatever. Um, have we got a have we got a crime pass? Um should we? Mm. Oh, I got one. Uh oh uh, has wait, has has tennis already been out tennised at the tennis? Yes. Oh, okay. I was gonna say like crime pass to run on the court and dack tennis. Uh but you've missed your window. Oh, I mean, I think that's a good open-ended one. You know, if you ever happen to be at a, oh, God, I just got it. Yeah. If you're ever at a tennis, tennis match mm-hmm. and tennis, hey. <laughs> oh, that is, oh, that's wild. Uh, putting that aside, if you ever see him at one, anytime, 
uh, just hop on over that barrier, run down, get a firm, uh, I'm going to say double deck him, mm. underpants, shorts, straight down to his ankles, push him over. Run out before the cops get you. Yeah, uh, absolutely to hand this double dacking because he might have. Don't take a chance. He might have the drawstring done up really tight, um, and you got to power through that. Uh, I trust. I trust you can see your way clear to like stiff arming any ball boys or line officials that try and get in your way as you leave. But just go for it and have fun out there. And remember, if security catches you, crime pass. Crime pass. Yeah. Uh, Theo, enjoy all the hentai. Uh, thank you. Um, I also don't know what that is. Yep, uh, Theo's going to enjoy his hentai. We'll see you next week, everybody. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs>